Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Nice to meet you. Where you been? I can show you incredible things. It's David Campbell. It's Saturday Draft Live. I can't wait. It's the only show where we run down the week that was in the world of the draft. It's a fantastic time. It's always a good time. I wasn't here last week because I was dying. Um, I took a really bad reaction to the second vaccine. But go and get vaccinated, people. It's very important. See the light through the trees. That's what, how we need to get out of this. So go and get yourself vaccinated. I am joined this week. It's a great panel magic madness heaven and sin as david hockney himself how are you doing a little bit of magic madness and a lot of consistency here too i'm the one that's been here since day one as h and you know last week it was just jack this week it's just you and yeah it's like i'm seem to be the, the only one holding up this place here well i never forget who started this show dave night oh no never forget I, indeed yeah never forget all right oh my god would you look at that face you like Mr. Ryan Gallagher, the goat tones are back. How are you, Ryan? Yes, how's it going, mate? You all right? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. What are you up to this fine Saturday? Just uh, doing a wee podcast here, mate, with you guys talking about the draft, talking about how Gary Kernahan is irrelevant to me, and then I'm going to go and stuff my face with sausage and black pudding. I cannot wait, mate. What a Saturday. Gary, the words of Ryan Gallagher do not reflect the views of David Campbell, you handsome charity fucking man. Love you. Um, but anyway, <laughs> loves the game, want to play. We are joined by the ESSR champion in his second reign with the title. It is Strack. Strack, how's it going? I know bad, but every time I see win the, the championship, it's like, oh, you need to defend it two days later. <laughs> That's what champions need to do, mate. You're a, you're a defending champion. So usually I'll all get like two months. <laughs> yeah. So what what we're talking about is obviously uh, whenever someone wins the draft, they get a shot at the SSR title. Now, co-winners last season, the Goat Tones, the greatest team in draft history, the only team to ever won the draft. Uh, we won. So Ryan Gallagher will be cashing in his title opportunity today against Strack at the end of our show. But before we get into that, we're going to get into the usual draft shenanigans, starting off with the highest scorers of this week. Now, we have a three-way tie at second. And to start us off, I must come to Ryan Gallagher, because Ryan, one of the people on six points this week, is our baby. It's Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce, give us your thought on Mr. Piercey boy. The love I have for this man is I could get to jail for it. The love <laughs> I have for this man. What a guy. What oh. he done for us last season in this draft was phenomenal. He's continued it. You know, we had a custody battle this year. And I said, you know what? You're going last. You need a little bit of help going last in this draft. So I thought, you know what, David, you can have Scrap Daddy to just try and keep you off the bottom there. Because um, it was going to be a tough draw for you this yeah. this season. Um, and the big man's pulling through what a guy what a guy what a guy indeed and obviously first round pick last pick in the first round but he is ranked fourth overall this season he's got a total of 52 points uh, so far which is 
outstanding, one of the best non-wrestling picks of all time. I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to be modest. I'm, I'm being objective. It's, it's just a matter of fact. Um, but we'll need to see. Obviously, I've got the captaincy on him. Will it continue? It's always a danger with authority figures that they could be written off TV at any time. But hopefully, that doesn't happen to our sacred, our sacred. Scrap daddy, easy for me to say. Um, but we're then going to go, also tied in six points, and we go to the team uh, led up by Ross McLeod, the Alan Laurie Loyals. I got that right this week, Dave. Without yep, spot on. Yeah, you're getting better. So happy. Um, but he's also in six points with New Day. Um, Strack, just as I know that you're a casual watcher of WWE TV these days, do you think that Ross's momentum with the New Day will continue? Do you think there's big plans, obviously, on Raw? We've seen that MVP is trying to court Kofi Kingston. What would you say the odds are on New Day breaking up sooner rather than later? Would you say it's over 50% or under 50%? I love how you use casual is the way I look at WWE is to check it through Instagram. (laughs) 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 The only thing I like about the New Day is their gear recently, the White Ranger and the Green Ranger, that was fucking spectacular. Mm. (laughs) Um, I don't know. The New Day is kind of thing, it's has it had its run? Has it been? Has it had its day? Is it now time to kind of split them up and get the guys? Because Xavier Woods is the only one that's not really had a singles push. So it might benefit him. Yeah, 100%. And to be honest, like I have seen in the past what damage it can do to a team to have your tag team break up halfway through a season. It's happened to me twice now. It happened to me, I drafted Brian and Rowan as a team. They split up. That was horrendous. And then I drafted the Golden Role Models famously as a tag team. And then they split up. And it wasn't too bad because there are a few didn't. So I still got appearance points. So maybe even if MVP manages to get in Kofi's ear and Kofi slides with uh, Lashley and MVP over there, forms a new heart business sort of thing maybe a feud between Kofi and Xavier would be enough to keep points on the table for Ross and his tag team but something worth keeping an eye on but they did score highly this week Uh, someone else who scored highly this week David Hockney it was your tag team it was the Raw tag team champions also in six points it was AJ Styles and Omos now feud with the Viking Raiders coming up Mm -hmm. do you expect AJ and Omos to walk out of that with the titles and keep bringing points to the West End Country Club Yes, I do, because I think this is setting up for uh, RK Bro somewhere down the line to end up dethroning AJ and Omos. I think the Viking Raiders is going to be a sort of halfway feud for them. Mm. But, you know, I'm, I was expecting AJ and Omos to have a bit more dominance and a bit more uh, sort of commanding presence over the Raw tag team division. But they just end up in endless feuds with, you know, they defended against Elias and Jackson Riker the week before and mm-hmm. they're just sort of making sporadic appearances here and there like Omos isn't getting as much exposure as I've liked him to uh, but yeah they, um, it does feel like a bit of a halfway point and Raw's tag team division is being booked you know not not the greatest but not not the absolute worst either yeah. and having the Viking Raiders back in the fold certainly helps build the momentum but in the long run I don't see AJ and Omos you know racking up as many points going forward unless they get a big defence in We've got to, got to have a wee look at it, Dave, because last this time last year, um, you took AJ Styles in the transfer window, mm-hmm. and he was uh, the best pick of that transfer window. He got you 45 points at that point. So maybe he is a guy who performs in the second half of that season. But conversely, you look at the historical significance of the Viking Raiders in the draft. Gary Kernahan drafting them back in season two, 59.5 points. That is still the fourth highest scoring tag team 
in draft history. So it's the battle of two historic performers. We'll need to see which way it shapes out. It will be interesting to keep an eye on that one. The feud between AJ Styles and Omos and the Viking Raiders could be big for the hopes of David Hockney this season. But we will end up, Ryan, I'll come to you first on this one. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, that tag team, Ryan Dugleish picked them up this season. Managed to get him eight points this week. Now, we have asked this question, Ryan, quite a bit about the trend that was started by Gary Kernahan drafting Bobby Lashley and MVP, this big dominant star with his manager. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a worthwhile play in the draft? Or do you think it's something that might die out as we go forward next season, depending on the state of play in the tag team divisions? It depends who you're looking at, because I think this is one of these picks for, for Ryan that's come off quite well. Because I'm sitting looking there, he's got 54 points this season. Um, just at a quick glance, is that the highest scoring tag team? Is it's the highest scoring yep. tag pick yep. so far by by a distance. Um, the way that Roman Reigns is booked just now, he doesn't have a lot of matches. He has a lot of build to matches, so it actually probably helped him taking that, getting Roman Reigns off the table, still getting big points for every time he turns up on telly, but not having to use one of his main picks for somebody who's not wrestling. So yeah. I actually think it's quite, I know what we're looking at, at Ryan's team, he's obviously got Bray Wyatt, which turned out to be a bit of a shambles for him, but that's not really his fault. Um, so no, I think it's, it, it just depends on circumstances. It depends on, on how you're looking at the pick at that particular time. Now, I, I expected somebody, and I was tempted to do it myself, in all honesty, to take um, Reigns and Heyman in this draft as a tag team because I knew that Roman Reigns wouldn't be wrestling so I didn't want to use one of my, my kind of main wrestler picks yeah. on it um, and you know looking at his team he obviously got Karrion Cross in the first round as well which is uh, should have been turned turn out to be a kind of decent pick as well so yeah. um, it's like I say you just need to kind of play it by ear if, every time you have a draft and see what the state of play is that time it might not be beneficial if Roman Reigns someday becomes a face again just starts having weekly matches then and maybe a wasted pick to put him in a tag team with somebody. But yeah. you never know. You never know. And also, Dave, you got to look at this, like, because we always see the strategy with this is you pick them up because it means someone who's further up the draft doesn't get them as a singles pick. But I want to put this to you. We've seen what happened in the first round this season with the female fervor fear- getting to people. We saw Bianca, Rhea and Raquel go right, very quickly. Jack picks McIntyre. He could have picked Heyman. See if Ryan Dugleish didn't pick Heyman Reigns. If no one picked Heyman Reigns as a tag team, Ryan could have ended up with Drew McIntyre or Paul Paul Heyman as a singles pick in his team in round one instead of carrying Cross. Do you think that's something that realistically could have happened? Do you think they would have sunk that row or do you think Mm -hmm. Ryan Gallagher had to take them at that point? Well, I said before... Well, I said before on previous shows that, you know, I think not picking Drew when I had the chance was probably a massive error on my part. So I would, I probably would have picked him up if I hadn't, you know, been swayed by trying to, you know, get a strong female performer on my team, uh, you know, early. Uh, but yeah, the, the habit of picking up, you know, the world champions and their managers is definitely a way to either not just, not necessarily boost your own score, but to stop people getting uh, their opportunity to boost their scores on this, on this idea. 
like you know Sarah's done it with Kenny Omega and Don Callis and stuff and more often than not Kenny I think every other time Kenny Omega's been in the draft he's been in a singles uh, role mm-hmm. and every single time he's always scored massively so I don't know if people were just sort of taking the approach you know to try and screw other people over rather than trying to help themselves out now I'm not sure I'm entirely on board with that approach because if anything I'd want to try and help myself out when it comes to this sort of competition mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to sort of hinder like my chances of scoring big with a, a strong singles performer by relegating them with a tag team with a manager. So it's it's really hit or miss depending on your style. But yeah. as with the Heyman and Reigns, you know, they're second overall with 54 points at the minute. And that always comes down to many appearances on SmackDown and having the cap. I think uh, Ryan's got the captaincy applied to them as well. He does, yeah. He yeah. does. So that, yeah. That, that's just another contributing factor to what's a team that's already been heavily featured on SmackDown. It does depend, because I asked that question just hypothetically. I don't think Ryan DeGleish would have got Heyman, uh, uh, sorry, Reigns as a singles pick, because someone else would have taken him. I know Ryan at least would have taken I would have taken him if Ryan passed on them. You know what I mean? So it's one of those ones that's a hypothetical scenario. But Strack, you've got to look at it. Like Even you, I think, would have to admit, Roman Reigns is one of the, the best features of WWE TV right now. And we can't really see him losing that title. Do you think that valuable title defence points are being left on the table long-term in this draft as long as Roman Reigns stays as a tag team competitor? See, for the draft, it's it's good because, as you say, Roman Reigns is not going to lose his title for a long time. For viewers, it's no, because it's boring as shit, in my opinion. Really? Um, WWE. I said I don't watch WWE, mate, because it's so. I mean, you've got Bobby Lashley versus Drew again. Is it no third pay per view in a row? Yeah, that is boring. So, but the, just, range, the range stuff I've enjoyed, like, I, I think ah, it's some good work. The, I would have, personally, I'd say, to me, I'd have put him in the stable. The whole. Seeing him in Naya, see the whole family thing, I'd have done everybody. Mm. No, just the Usos. Yeah. And anybody else they could maybe put in it with them. To like kind of make it a bit more a beefed up stable, but it's kind of me watching it. See, I'm just looking through Instagram, but I'm kind of like one minute the Usos want to turn against Roman, then they're falling in line, then they want to turn against them, then they're falling in line, and what? Like, pick, pick a direction and go with it. Fair enough, fair enough. I would like to see uh, someone like Alpha and Seeker coming back for one last run, you know what I mean? Maybe that's a tag team someone could pick up hey, in the transfer them, window. Did you see them at Hell in a Cell last year? Like, oh my gosh, they've <laughs> aged badly. How dare. Ryan's going to Oh yeah, you've, oh, right, you've got a history of picking horrendous tag teams. So I know, Ryan, right, right, it can't be worse you shut, your, shut your faces. Shut your faces. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan would love to get Alpha and Seeker, but anyway, we will run down the table. Uh, Scott McLeod is on 76.5 points in last place. I think a busy transfer window coming up for him. 96 points for Team Goat and David Campbell in ninth place. Then we go to David Hockney, 100 points in 8th place with the West End Country Club. The Alan Laurie Loyals just one point ahead on 101 with Ross McLeod. Uh, we then have the People's Opposition, Ryan DeGleish on 108.5 points. It's then Christian Cage's Instant Classics, Sarah Grieve in 5th place with 116 points. We then go to the historic Team Vistara, 130 points for Gary Kernahan. And just ahead of him, he'll be very glad to hear this, uh, Northmen, Southmen, Cumberland's all 138 points with Ryan Gallagher in 3rd place, continuing to overperform uh, in this draft, uh, drafting from the ninth spot. We then go to the top 1% with Stephen Wilson at 154. And Jack Graham continues 
his impressive lead in 186, uh, relegated, liquidated, still the same fantasy team. It's hard to see that anyone will um, top Jack right now. The transfer window, I think, will be a big turning point for this season, potentially. David, David mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a wee question that I want to ask you there, just on some, what pick up on something you just said there. Okay. Um, you, you said that Ryan Garker is continuing to overperform, right? Yes. Which is, which is fair, which is a fair comment. At what point does it just actually become that Ryan Garker is very, very good at drafting? No, but it's not. That isn't an. That isn't a comment on your draft ability. That's just a comment on where you drafted from. You know what I mean? So when we look at it, Scott's underperforming right now because he drafted from sixth and he's sitting tenth. You drafted from ninth and you're sitting third, which is much harder to do. Like we've seen that, it's very hard to win the draft. Or like getting that top half of the table when you're drafting from down there. So it's a compliment, complete compliment for yourself, Ryan. That's okay. I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we will be looking at next week. We'll be focusing on the NXT impact in the draft because obviously NXT takeover in your house happens this weekend. We're all very much excited for it. But Jack Green will be back next week. We'll be running down what's happening with the NXT side of the draft. But before we get to our big main event, the title match, Strack defending against Ryan Gallagher, it's time to go to Mr. David Hockney. And I go for a shit while he discusses the Listener's League. Take it away, Dave. Listen, don't fit your bathroom breaks at this point because this is the most interesting part of the entire show. So I'm coming coming with you, David. I'm coming with you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... We have some definitive names in the top five of the Listener's League uh, starting to, to show. We've, we've still got a couple of Johnnies in there. We've got um, some recurring names and we've still got a top uh, a top tier performer who's maintaining number one. So we'll start at number five. In fifth place, we have Johnny Napier with Nehasso Brasso on 161.5 points. Somebody who's had a very consistent season, uh, largely down to having Apollo Crews as his team captain, who's still getting heavily featured among the Intercontinental title scene on SmackDown. He was on a losing effort this week but he does have another tag team match teaming with Commander Aziz against Kevin Owens and Big E so uh, maybe a possibility to bounce back there the Young Bucks still continuing to be featured on AEW which is good for him the only thing that's still letting him down is Sasha Banks who who has not been seen since Wrestlemania and the Smackdown women's title is mainly revolving around Bianca Belair and Bailey at this stage now his only representation for TakeOver is Kyle O'Reilly is in the NXT TakeOver title match I'm not betting that Kyle's going to win this one so you know Johnny might you know be sort of in and around the top five but he's still a good 10 points ahead of Robert Shaw who's currently in sixth place next we have another another favorite from the listeners league we have Tom Brock and the Tilburg Trappers just ahead of him on the 162 points a uh, big story for him, as with a lot of the Listeners League competitors, is Drew McIntyre is his team captain, and that's what's carrying his team into the top five lately. His tag team is also the Young Bucks, as for mentioned, very heavily featured on AEW. And um, Asuka also got a bit of a win this week as well. His round two pick, teaming with Nikki Cross, getting a win over Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. So a few sort of flashes of brilliance here and there. But something about Thunder Rosa as well. Thunder Rosa has actually been scoring... Uh, a considerable number of points. You know, she's the highest scorer on Scott's team at the minute, uh, but still a pretty doing solid for a round four pick for him. Next, we have JP with shirts in, balls out. Again, just ahead of Tom on 164 points. JP, one again, who's always been jumping in and out of the top five lately. The only thing I see him letting him down is MJF, who's scoring less than 10 points and we're almost halfway through the season already. But his team captain, Charlotte Flair, having on been on the... Uh, 
having a loss this week is probably what's let him down. The New Day, though, is his tag team. And, you know, as we discussed before, you know, they're currently building a lot of momentum, but they are being let down, just not having the captaincy on him as opposed to to Ross. Britt Baker is the AEW Women's Champion, I think, is what's going to sort of keep him afloat. You know, she had a massive win at Double or Nothing, and I just hope she keeps that momentum going for him. Next, uh, second place on 169 points, it's, it's our second Johnny, Johnny Adam with Bam Bam Gigolos. Uh, the Young Bucks as his team captain is what's keeping him, you know, ahead of the game here. You know, they had a successful defense at double or nothing. They did the same again on Dynamite with another win. Rhea Ripley, his second round, sorry, his first round pick is still getting heavily featured as the Raw Women's Champion. Britt Baker, he's got the AEW Women's Champion in there. LA Knight is his third round pick and he's being featured in a ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship at TakeOver. So that could be another nice little boost of points for him. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with TakeOver as that comes out. But once again, uh, and commanding the Listener's League, uh, still yet again, 11 points ahead of Johnny, it's Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley. Uh, honestly, we could we could go on and on about how well Ross's team has clicked throughout this entire season, but it's not without a few hiccups. Uh, like AJ and Omos are slightly underperforming when it comes to tag team performances, but Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, you know, them teaming his team RK Bro is uh, definitely a pleasant surprise for his team. Damian Priest has had a bit of a, a quiet couple of weeks, and Damian Priest is also his team captain, so I think if he really wants to capitalize on making points, he should at least consider a captaincy change, but... In the, the same case with uh, with Johnny Adam, he also has Rhea Ripley and Britt Baker, both uh, champions in their own right. Rhea Ripley defending the Raw Women's title against Charlotte Flair. Helena Cell could go either way for sure, but I think Britt Baker and Team RK Brewer currently is what's keeping Ross ahead of the table this week. So some names definitely starting to repeat here and there. And I just hope these guys you know, can keep their strong positioning as they are. But, we, but that's not to say we can't see a shakeup following TakeOver and Helena Cell. So on that note, it's back to you, Go. Yes, Dave, the complete and utter basement dwellers of the Listener's League do not deserve your level of analysis, but we appreciate it from you, son. It's time for the main event. It's Strack, the champion, in his second reign against Ryan Gallagher, looking to win the ESSR title for the second time. It's very exciting. Uh, Strack, are you ready? Yes. Ryan Gallagher, are you ready? Yes. Right, so how it's going to work, Dave will ask you a question. It will be a numerical value for the answer. All you have to do is message Dave your answer. Okay, closest to the right answer will win. If you both send the right, the same answer in, the first one to send it to Dave will be announced as the winner. With that, Dave, over to you for the title match question. Okay, gentlemen, your question is this. At AEW Double or Nothing, how many superstars competed in the Casino Battle Royal without scoring an elimination? Ooh, that's amazing. Uh, At AEW Double or Nothing, how many superstars competed in the Casino Battle Royal without scoring an elimination? David Hockney with the question here. Strack and Ryan need to get their their answers. All right, I have one answer already. You've got a confirmed have, answer from uh, oh, fuck it, I guess. Okay. I have no, no idea, and as a pure guess in me as well, so we'll see <laughs> Okay. Both of them have the answers in. It's exciting. Will Strack yes. retain the title, get his first ever retention of the title under the belt, or will Ryan Gallagher become a two-time champion, joining Grant McRobbie as the only two-time champions in the podcast at the present time? Dave, what did we see happen here? 
Well, I can tell you, both of them have given me different answers. Oh, exciting. One of them has got it correct. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations, Ryan. I All mean, right. So, hang fire there. Hang fire on that. The question was, at AEW Double or Nothing, how many superstars competed in the Casino Battle Royal without scoring an elimination? I will run through the names to, to say what it was. But first, I'll tell you what, what they've both answered. Ryan was in first. He guessed 11. Strack guessed 8. Oh, God. The names of the participants who didn't score an elimination <laughs> in the Casino Battle Royal were Matt Seidel, Nick Comoroto, Serpentico, Colt Cabana, Anthony Bowens, Five. Aaron Solo, Six. Evil Uno, Seven. and Leo Rush. The correct answer is 8. Oh, which means your winner and still oh. eight oh. world champion well the done. savage known as Strack. Strack, congratulations <laughs> Ryan how, how do you feel obviously very a tough question very close how do you feel uh, listen I'm just happy to be here and, and let's be honest we all know that this whole thing was bullshit anyway I should have been given the title for the bad to be one but it's fine whatever we we'll do know, whatever we need to do I should have been given a title for winning it, but, you know, what anybody else gets to predict fucking results of a pay-per-view and they get given a title, <laughs> whereas I go through a full season of the draft, put on every stop going, making it the most exciting draft of all time, and I need to defend it in a number quiz. Like, away you go, away you Strack. go. Strack, how do you feel? It doesn't matter how you think Strack. <laughs> it doesn't, because you should never trust a GOAT. Because I mailed Stephen Wilson before this, and because the GOAT Tones won as a team, it meant both of us got a title opportunity this season. I'm sorry, Ryan. I told you you could take it on your own, but the GOAT loves <laughs> titles. The GOAT loves glory, and the GOAT will be cashing in his draft opportunity right now. Strack, you need to do it again. <laughs> Dave, question, please. Oh, you never trust a GOAT. Never trust a GOAT. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, and so funnily enough, I actually do have a, another question on hand in case the in case the first one went to a draw. So, Strack, are you ready? All right, let's do it again. All right, ready? Yep. Okay. As at time of recording, how many Hell in a Cell matches have taken place in WWE? Oh, for fuck! As at time uh... of recording. How many Hell in a Cell matches have taken place in WWE? Uh, I'm not including dark matches, by the way. I'm going to have to take a wee guess on this one. I don't know it, but I've sent my answer to Dave. Fuck it. I'll guess. Okay. okay. I'm going to look so stupid if Strike wins this now and both goat tones get me in on the same episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I can reveal the goat answered first, Strike again answering second. You've both given me different answers, which oh, is good. No, it's not. <laughs> Neither of you have given me the correct answer. So right. it's whoever's closest. So, as that time of recording, how many Hell in a Cell matches have happened in WWE? Right. Goat says 22. Mm-hmm. Strack says Go 24. Oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> the correct answer... Is 45. Oh, fuck off. No. Once again, no. your winner 
Ash Hill, no. Suplex Retweet Champion, no. the Savage, known as no. Rack. No! Show something. Right, I'll tell you what, Campbell. What we'll do is, we'll go to Prague. I don't know if you've ever been to Prague. Uh-huh. But, have you been? Right, but do you know what they like to do earlier? Yeah. They love the day delicacy. Is getting a beer and roasting a fucking goat. Is what oh, I just no. done. That's what I just done. Oh, roasting no. a goat. Oh, I don't think we've ever seen two retentions in the space of one show. I like, just history on this podcast. Strack has, Strack has tied the total retentions in, a, in one title ring to the a record held by me. So I, I've, I've, I've had a hour. Oh my fucking god! Yo, you guys weren't even close, but um, oh, with the right answer. Fuck. But you know what? Strack was was closest. So that's how it that's how it works. I'm afraid. Oh, anyway. I need, we need to sign off now. I'm, I'm gutted. Anyway, Dave, thank you very much. I will see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week, Go, Ryan, I'm sorry. Bubba. Come on! Strike. Congratulations. <laughs> Fuck, I can't even say it. <laughs> con- con- congratulations. Fuck up the asshole, boys. <laughs> anyway, Jack, we will be back with us next week. Strike is still the ESR champion. Uh, don't you fucking forget it. It's been a bad season for Celtic all round. I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat the Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat the Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. <laughs>